Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Have you ever wanted to talk to an NFL wife? Yes. <laughs> well, today we have the opportunity to talk to a former NFL player and coach's wife, Mrs. Corin Furry. She is the wife of last week's guest, Coach Mike Furry, who had an eight-year NFL career as a player with four teams and then most recently coached four seasons with the Chicago Bears. Oh my gosh, Kevin, there were so many questions I wanted to ask her. Like, what are game days like for an NFL wife or girlfriend? What's it like when your husband gets traded to another team or cut or fired and you're now moving like tomorrow? Well, I want to know if there is a difference socially if you're an NFL wife versus just a girlfriend. Mm. And did she ever get heckled in the stands by the opposing team? Spoiler alert. Yes, she did. Well, I wanted to know how hard it is not to run onto the field when your husband gets hit really hard or looks like he's hurt. And oh my gosh, you guys, she tells the most amazing adoption story regarding their youngest son. Can't wait for you guys to hear this conversation with Corin Furry. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future, followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Luby Companies, a custom home builder here in central Ohio. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. Steph, this is very exciting. I'm so excited. I've wanted a guest like this forever. But it's very cool to be able to get this next guest perspective on things. Yes, it is. So friends, our next guest is a mom of three, a health and life coach, a football lover, and wife of last week's guest, Coach Mike Fury. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us a Good Story, Mrs. Corin Fury. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks for saying yes to us. Y'all are hard to say no to, I think. Well, okay, I'm going to be honest, because last week when we talked to Mike, we were like, Corin, you know, you should be on our show. And you're like, oh, uh, okay. Me? Yeah, and like, it was like a timid. I'm like, oh my gosh, please say yes, Corin. Just say yes. We got this. We can do it. And I kept asking. I'm like, Corin, so we're going to do this, right? <laughs> like, yes, we're going to send we're gonna an email, Corin. You just reply. We're gonna Make this very easy for yeah. you. <laughs> but yeah, we were in the middle of a conversation with your husband. And all of a sudden, he's like, you know what? You should really be talking to my wife, Corin, about this stuff. She's the one you should be talking to. And we're like, that's a fantastic idea. We would love that, Mike. Make it happen for us. So we were talking to your husband, and he said he's known you since second grade. And then when he was playing in the Arena Football League, he said he was with the, I believe, New York Dragons, and he reconnected with you. So let's start here. We would like to get your version of this story of how you reconnected with your now husband. So we grew up together. My dad was a football coach at the high school where we grew up. He was never Mike's direct coach. He'd gone to a different school. But then we went to college. We went to different colleges. I transferred to Ohio State. He transferred to Northern Iowa. So we were never at Ohio State at the same time. So it was like my senior year in college. We saw each other like out one night and it was kind of like a movie, right? Where it's like, oh, the sparks. And I was kind of like, oh, wow, he's good looking and nice and all that kind of stuff. And even though we grew up together and knew each other, we didn't really know each other. You know, you change a lot from a senior in college to even a senior in high school or whatever. So when we kind of reconnected and started dating, I worked for Ford Motor Company. 
had a really good job. I had graduated college. And then that's when it kind of got more serious, like from the time we saw each other until it got more serious. And we, he probably told you the story. We were at his apartment one night and he was talking about football. And, you know, my maiden name is Blackstone. And I know to you, that means something, you know, my uncle yes. and my dad. And so very goal-driven, very, you know, if you don't want to be the best at what you're doing, why are you doing it? Like that might not be the thing that you're supposed to be doing because you should have that inner desire to be the best at whatever it is you're doing. And so we were sitting there talking and he was talking about the arena league and he had this comfort level of like, you know, I'm making X amount of dollars. I'm able to do this. I'm not at the top of where my dream would be, but I'm fine. I'm comfortable. And I kind of said to him, I don't understand. Like if you want to play football, why isn't your goal like NFL? Like, isn't that the best? And by the end of the conversation, I was kind of like, I just, I don't understand that mindset. And he says that was kind of the moment where he was like, I'm going to marry this woman. And, you know, (laughs) she wants me to, and it wasn't a pressure like, I don't want to marry you if you don't do that. It was just a conversation of that mindset of if you're playing, whatever it is, I played volleyball. If I'm playing volleyball and I'm in high school, then I want to be on the varsity. And just that mindset of, you know, 100% effort and until they tell you no, until every door shuts, you're going to keep trying to open it kind of thing. So, See, I love that because that's how we grew up. Try your best. If that's your passion, go for it. Do your best. So let's get your perspective on he is trying his best. He's going to these summer camps. When he comes home and he's exhausted and he has these training books he has to do, how do you pick that up as like a girlfriend or a fiance in that situation? Well, and I'm probably a football player's worst nightmare to come home to because (laughs) I understand football in a whole different way because I grew up with the clipboard. I grew up, my dad taught me, you know, how to call a defense. And so I would know if they're running a 4-3, if it's the bear, if the linebackers are stacked, like I know all this kind of stuff that most women don't see when they watch a football game. And I was like, okay, we're going to buy a whiteboard. And we got like (laughs) those dry erase boards. And we sat on the couch. I'm calling out the plays like my dream, right? Like I'm the quarterback. (laughs) You know, hop, skip to the left, jump right, hitch, you know, yelling all this stuff. And then Mike would draw it and then we'd review it. I mean, it was every night. That's what we did. And it was funny because then during the season when I'd see a play, I'd be like, oh, they're going to go like really trips right. Or, you know, I could because I he had done it so many times. I felt like I knew the playbook. Corin, two things. First off, here's what my wife would do in that situation. If I were Mike, I would get home and you'd be like, how'd you play today? How'd you do? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. You think you're gonna make the team? Do I need to start packing it? Like, <laughs> you would be doing that every single day, right? Because that would impact you. Yes, absolutely. But the second thing that comes to mind is, Corin, you would be so much fun to watch a game with. Because, <laughs> because Steph... Or annoying. No, you would not be. No, no. We've had multiple football parties for say a high state games and we'd have couples come over and Steph would get so annoyed because there are certain friends of ours, their wives do not watch the game. Mm-hmm. Steph wants to watch the wanna game. Watch the game she doesn't want to talk about uh, anything else. She actually no. wants to watch the I game. Watch the game. And so that's tough for you to say no and not be in part of the small talk. Yes. So that would be the same thing with Corey. Oh my gosh, I would be, Corey, tell me what's happening. <laughs> tell me what's happening, Corey. What play is this? Where's he going to go? I would be so right there with you, Corey. I would love every second of it. <laughs> if, if Mike's not playing or coaching, he doesn't like to watch football. Oh, really? It drives me crazy. Oh, that would drive me crazy. 
we went to the Super Bowl. He won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Yes. He was like top three finalists. We get front row seats at the Super Bowl. Literally, like, this is the best moment of my life. Before halftime, he's like, we're leaving. <laughs> he's like, I can't stay here. We left the Super Bowl before halftime. Oh. I'm like, who does that? My theory does it. I guess. My theory does it. No. Was it, he was disappointed he wasn't involved in the game and it was too much. I can't take it. He wants to be in it. Yeah. He, it, like he can't sit in a seat. He can't sit in a stadium. It's brutal for him. He's so high energy. He can't sit still. So just to sit as a fan and watch like on the weekends, I'll have a game on my computer. I'll have every TV, like this game. I'll have this, even teams like whatever. And he will, he cannot watch any of it. <laughs> So who watches with you? Are the kids like you or more yes, like Mike? Sometimes mainly just me, you know. Oh my gosh. So I watch all these games, but Mike is like, yeah, he can't do it. So it's funny because people are like, you went to the Super Bowl? Who was the halftime show? I'm like, I don't know, we left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. Corn. Oh, that's awful. All right, Steph, I got a question for you. What's your favorite book of all time? Uh, obviously, you met her where? Oh, I thought you were going to say the Bible. Oh, oops. <laughs> oh. So what's your second favorite book of all time? You met her where? <laughs> <laughs> a distant second. Totally distant. It's a pretty good book. Sorry, God. It's still a pretty, pretty good was. book. But we're so excited. Where can people get our book, honey? Okay, I know this. Uh, Amazon.com. Yes. Barnes and Noble. Yes. And? And our website, KevinStuff.com. And, and what happens if they buy it off our website? <gasps> what do they get? Uh, an autograph from us. Yes. Who wouldn't want that? So, listeners, if you've already read the book, thank you so much. We've had such good feedback. One thing that helps us, if you can give us a review on Amazon.com, we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening. So once Mike gets to the NFL, I'm very curious about this, right? Uh As a guy, Mm -hmm. is there a big difference social status between being an NFL girlfriend and an NFL wife? How does that work on the social scene? Yeah, well, I don't envy today's NFL wives, you know, because I was very intimidated. I had gone to college and I had graduated and I had this big job with Ford. And then it was kind of like... I'm going to leave all this and go on this path with Mike because it was going to be impossible for me to keep a job. And so when I entered, I'll never forget, like I went to Express and I bought a pair of jeans and I thought I was really doing something big. They were like a hundred dollars. I'll never forget. This is like in 2003. And I wore like a Ram sweatshirt and I went to the game. I was so excited. And it was like a fashion show. I mean, there were designer clothes that I've never seen. They have personal shoppers and fancy purses and They're all wearing it and having it and look beautiful and just the nicest, you know, women that you're ever going to meet. But I just remember feeling like I was on the outside because it was just so different from where I was coming from. And I I mean, I think about that moment all the time where those express jeans, I mean, it kind of grounds me a lot. And through his career, I always try to keep that mindset of my friends will listen to this and appreciate this. I'm like the old Navy mindset. And so being the NFL wife, I felt like there was a lot of pressure of looking a certain way or like I don't wear makeup. And that was very odd. You know, I'm not going to be done up. And I remember probably halfway through the season, a, a wife came up to me after a game and she was like, I just really envy you. And 
And I was like, what do you mean? And she said, well, I try so hard every week to get all done up to come to these games and look a certain way. And someone might take my picture and can you just come like that? And I remember I was like, should I be offended? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, what does that mean? You know, but I was like in a jersey and a sweatshirt or comfortable clothes. I don't know if that answered your question, but I don't envy today's NFL wives because Instagram, Twitter, in 2003, we didn't have that. And there was still the pressure of shopping here, or looking like this, or having your hair done here, wearing a certain size, all that pressure that women have. But now I feel like it's just magnified. I, you know, when Mike was with the Bears, I saw the wives and girlfriends and people are taking your picture all the time. And I, it's probably like J-Lo feels all the time, you know, kind of thing. Okay, so during a game, when you were a player's wife, are you actually watching the game? Or are you just a hawk watching your husband, making sure he's okay, he's not limping, he's not getting hurt. Yes. And How are you not charging the field when somebody hits you hard? Like I did one time. So 2003 is my first year, right? And so I'm. that was when all the like pressure of like fitting in and I just felt like all the, that kind of stuff. So let's fast forward to like 2006. Mike's having a great year leading the NFC in receptions. And then the year before that, he had had a really bad concussion where he actually got whiplash on the field. And that was the first time that I, I mean, you're just your instinct, you know, you come out of your seat and then I just ran straight to as far as they would let me get to like the bottom. I'm like, that's my husband. Like, I just want to visually see like, is he okay? Or his eyes blinking? Like what's going on? And I mean, I got to the field as quick as I could. And then kind of in Detroit each week, I mean, as a receiver, the more you're catching the ball, the more you're getting hit, Right. you know, and the more you're on the field, the more you're getting contact. And so it's not easy to watch, but I will say that again, that's where faith came into play a lot where it's like, okay, we're going to, we have to believe we're going to be protected and this is what you're choosing to do. And he would choose to do it, you know, all over again, even with all the bumps and bruises and all that. And I don't know if you're going to touch on this. So I don't want to jump ahead, but like, whereas the wife in the stands, it was a little hard at times. A coach's wife is like 10 times harder with the heckling. Oh, so yes. Yeah. In Dallas, I will say, so Mike threw a ball one time. You have to Google it. But the star in Dallas Cowboy Stadium fell. So Mike scores a touchdown. You know, it's just whatever happens when you score a touchdown. I wish I could feel it in my life. I never will. But he <laughs> throws the ball, star falls and breaks at Dallas Cowboy Stadium. The fans went ballistic. Well, I was up in the stands and all of a sudden people start throwing popcorn and drinks. And I'm like, what is going on? But I had on his jersey. And so that was really the only game where I had that happen. Now, when you say the star fell, did he throw it against the wall? And there was a, there was a star in the wall the and it fell Cowboy off? star was like hanging in the end zone. Okay. And so after he scored, he just, his thing was, I don't know why, but he took the ball and he would just throw it. <laughs> at the wall okay. and it hit the star by random and it fell. Yeah. It's all, you can watch it on YouTube. Were you scared at all? No, you know, the only game I ever, cause I traveled the first couple years to every home and away game. Cause I didn't want to miss a minute of it. Cause I just loved it in Oakland back when they played in Oakland, the Raiders, that was the only time the fans and they were great, but they paint their faces and they look like oh, skeletons. Yes. Totally normal, not scary people look very scary and abnormal. When I was by myself, 26-year-old female, I was pregnant. But really, in Dallas, when he did that, and it wasn't that they were like necessarily personal, like 
to me, I get it. Like I'm a fan too, whatever. They start throwing stuff and I was an easy target, but that was really the only time I had like that negative. But as a coach's wife, I stand on the sidelines during the games. Oh, Oh, really? I do. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is there like a section for coaches' wives to stand? No, no. I have a camera and I to distract my hearing, I take pictures and I'll just take pictures of the players. I post them on Facebook for the parents. But a lot of people don't know this. I do that so I'm not in the bleachers because I don't ever want to hear someone that I love say something that might hurt my feelings. Mm. And they might do it accidentally. And everyone gets frustrated when they watch sports. So I don't ever want to hear somebody say something that hurts my feelings because I love those boys just as much as my husband and the other coaches. So when I'm in that role, I take everything very personally. Mm. So to avoid that, I have to remove myself completely. And then I love being that. I mean, it's like my dream. Like I can't ever put on a uniform so I can stand there and take (laughs) pictures and be part of the action and hear the play calling and, you know, be down there in the moment. So I love it. Well, Steph, she's talking about watching your husband on the field. Mm-hmm. How hard would it be for you not to run on the field if oh, I'd be I was there. hurt Security or a concussion? Would you be would like be going nuts me? trying to go on the field yes. like it's a high school game or I something. I can't imagine how hard that would be just to As watch your husband. Yes. That'd be incredibly yes. tough. Okay. Speaking of getting hurt, what are Mondays like for you? Oh, yes. Because how's Mike on a Monday? Is he like... In an ice bath? Is he bruised? Like is he's he like, I'm not, I'm every not week. getting out of this bed. You need to give me a massage, Corin. Like, <laughs> how, what is that like? Mike is one of those annoying people that anything you give them to do or try, they're going to be good at. And it, it's same with like his recovery. I mean, he has that spirit inside of him that is always ready to go 100%. And he's like, I should have told you this. After every game, I made him go to the grocery with me. After every game? So when he played after every game, we went to the grocery on the way home. And so again, that was, <laughs> that was how we stayed grounded. So it was like, mm. we're never too big to not buy our own groceries. Although now there's Instacart, um, <laughs> but you know, we're never too big to like bag our own groceries. We're never too big to do this stuff. So after every game, and it was funny because he's like, I don't have a grocery. And then it became like a funny thing where, you know, n- now like it, we joke about it all the time. Like, remember when you caught the touchdown to win the game and then we went to Deerberg's on the way home? I mean, so people would be like, you know, where are you celebrating? But yeah. So you're at the grocery store. Are people like recognizing him or are they just right. staring at him like there's no way what that's my theory because he just won the game for us. There's no way this is He's him. like, yeah, my wife's wanting to keep me grounded. Yeah. And uh, I got to mow the grass when I get home too, by the way, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So like at first I was kind of like, okay, what can we do to like not get so caught up in this world that we forget where we came from, where we're at and those right. kind of things. I, I was just like, we're going to the grocery. <laughs> and with football, they wear helmets. And when you're not like Baker Mayfield on all the commercials or Aaron Rodgers on all the commercials, Really, they don't recognize you per se. Okay. But once 2006 happened, then they start to recognize him a little bit and they'd be like, What are you doing? (laughs) I remember one time a guy was like, What are you doing? You know, don't they go to like the bars or out to the restaurant? Because, you know, they'd go to dinner and they'd go here and celebrate and party. And I'm like, No, we got to go buy wipes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it was kind of like our thing. <laughs> Steph, what's most important to you when it comes to building a new home? Okay. I want a builder who's an expert in what they do, is going to be honest with me, and cares about even the smallest of details. Well, thankfully, we know just the builder. You know it. It's Jay and Connie Luby with Luby Companies. Friends, don't just take our word for it. Go check out their website at lubycompanies.com. That's L-U-E-B-B-E companies.com. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. So with Steph and I, we are going on 18 years of marriage Mm -hmm. here in October. Corin, Steph has been my biggest cheerleader in life. And that's kind of the impression I got with Mike as well when he was talking about you. So I'm very curious for a professional athlete. What is it like when it's over? Right. With your husband, he retired when he was probably, I think, age 34. And he's been playing sports and playing football his entire life. And a lot of people's identities and everything is wrapped up in what they do for a living and especially with professional athletes. So with you kind of being his biggest cheerleader, what's it like when it's over? Yeah. And I I think probably the hardest thing for him was that it wasn't his choice that it was over. He got a really bad concussion and his memory and everything was really pretty bad there for a while. And so it wasn't his choice. And then you kind of want to fight it a little bit and you kind of have some I don't want to say anger, but you're just kind of angry because you kind of have these plans and then all of a sudden it just stops. Not only are you not playing anymore, but your pay and everything stops. Right. Like everything stops. I can only speak as what I saw. And I've seen tons of his friends go through it too, is you're right. Their identity is, you know, in football. And when they lose that, they lose themselves. And so luckily, by the grace of God, Mike's identity was was always in Jesus. (laughs) And so when football went away and I'm more the worrier and I stress. And so when that happened, you're just like 10,000 things are going through your mind. Like we have three kids, we have a lot of dogs, like we have all this stuff. What are we going to do? You know, it's like, and Mike is always just like, we're going to pray about it. God's going to put us where he wants us. And we tried really hard to get our kids involved outside of that world because Even your kids. I mean, when that goes away, it's like all of a sudden, like everything stops. Right. And it's sad. And I think the NFL collectively is working on that because divorce rates really high, bankruptcy rates really high. In the same sense, you know, now we're at a college football program and it's the same thing, you know, on that last game. Now they're not going to the NFL, but they've worked their entire life. So it's the same. I think it's the same with probably all sports too. When it stops, you know, it's a hard hard thing. Okay. So before we get to Limestone University, can you Uh tell us more about your family? I know you've got three children. I believe they're all teenagers now at this point. Well, we met her daughter when we talked to Coach Mike. She is such a gem. She was so Very outgoing. She was. I loved her personality. So talk to us about your kids. Yeah. Michaela's very outgoing. So she's 17. Stone. um, My maiden name is Blackstone. And so we named him Stone after my dad. And so Stone is 15. And then Cannon is our youngest, who's 14. And it's kind of a story that I like to share is Stone and Cannon are eight months apart, which a lot of times when we move a lot, it raises a lot of questions. We keep them in the same grade. And then they say, well, they're not twins. And if you would see them, you would be able to visually tell that they look very different ones. Stone is very dark hair, dark skin, and Cannon is very lighter skin and blonde hair. So they look opposite. They're not twins. 
And then when we say their birthdays, you can see people kind of like trying to figure it out. But Cannon was a safe haven baby. And so when Mike played for the Lions, it was 2007. And Stone, he was born in April. He was a very big baby. I had a C-section. He was kind of stuck in my rib cage. The doctor's, you know, knees on my shoulder, kind of getting him out. Oh. During that whole process, Mike and my doctor become friends. It's like a great relationship. So time progresses eight months later, almost to the day. And I don't want to say this the wrong way. I say Mike's babysitting, but it's not babysitting because it's his kids. <laughs> I, I left for, this is no joke, the first time that he's going to be like alone with Michaela and Stone. And so I'm like, I'm going to go to Target. This is like the best day ever, right? Like Stone's at this moment where I can leave. And we were hosting an FCA huddle that night at a local church. And so, you know, I'm going to run to Target and have this time by myself. So I walk back in the house and first thing I'm no joke, I set down my target bags and Mike said, do you want to adopt a baby? <gasps> Cause he had had a vasectomy after Stone was born. So we were like kind of done. I said, oh my gosh, he watched one of those infomercials <laughs> on TV. And like, I'm like, what are you even talking about? Like, I'm thinking I can hardly make it through the day with these two. Like now you want to add to it kind of thing. So he had got a call from the hospital Someone had come in and stated that they were going to leave their baby. So through the social work department, if the people name someone a guardian and don't leave the baby with the social work department, the baby doesn't have to go into um, foster care system kind of thing. So anyways, we were kind of like, what's happening? What do we do? We need to go to church. We were already going to the huddle. We went to church. Our pastor was kind of like, if it's meant to be, God will open the doors. And so we kind of kept that mindset going into it. And sure enough, I, I won't name any names for everyone's right. sake, but um, I went to the hospital and she named me guardian and walked out the door. So he was born that night at 11 PM and I was named guardian at 7 AM. And wow. so, yeah, Cannon has like this amazing entrance into our lives. Then we had three kids under three. That sounds fun. Well, now we have three teenagers. So, you know, we feel very blessed by how that story unfolded because I think today it's kind of unusual and, you know, being connected with birth mothers and it can get tricky. And so I don't want to make it seem like it was some like easy thing. It was just the only way I can explain it is God wanted Canon to be my son because there's no other explanation that. We would have met the people in the hospital that we needed to meet if Stone wasn't stuck in my rib cage, And if we hadn't volunteered at Lutheran Social Services and take a class to be certified for adoption and foster care. So when everything happened, it was like, here he is kind of thing. So, so when this mother came to the hospital to deliver, she said, you know, I'm giving up my baby. Did a doctor or a nurse be like, you know who would be great? The Furies could give this baby a home. Like, how did that work? And then they're like, let's call them. Well, and that's part of like the protected part of the story. Okay, um, gotcha. Okay, okay yep. sorry. Yeah. You talk about a God moment. How God just aligned, aligned every, every piece of that. Yes. Where it's it could only be them. Oh, it gives me crazy? goosebumps. Yeah. Oh. But like you said, I was supposed to be Cannon's mom. There's right. no way around that. So were you able to name him Cannon or not? Do you want to know that my camera, which is always with me, is a Cannon. 
And so it was there and the nurses came in and it was like, what are you going to name him? What do blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking around and I was like, can I name him Cannon, but make it with a K? And the nurse, I'll never forget. She was so cute. She said, honey, he's yours. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I said, oh, I went, I go, oh, I want to name him Cannon with a K. And so it's K-A-N-O-N. But it was really because I looked at my camera and I literally, on the way home, Mike had bought, uh, we had a Range Rover, which is like this big fancy car. On the way home from the hospital, I, I pulled in the Range Rover and traded in for a Honda minivan. So when Mike got home from work, he's like, uh, who's minivan? <laughs> my Range Rover. I'm like, oh, we now have a Honda minivan. <laughs> you are welcome. Hey, you wanted a baby. I wanted a minivan. <laughs> there we go. Problem solved, Mike. Yeah. If you like what you hear, please tell someone about us. As soon as this episode is over, go tell your spouse, your closest friend, a parent, a coworker, or share one of our posts on social media. However, if you don't like what you're hearing, please do not. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. Just disregard this message. Don't worry about it. Forget about us. Yep. Go on with your merry day. And to get more information about us or our entire catalog of episodes, be sure to check us out at kevinandsteph.com. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. Well, I can't tell you how even more impressed I am with you and your husband, because I had read last week when I was researching your family, how in the off season, you would also take in kids from the area and not just mentor them. They would live with you, right? During the off season. So you could mentor these, was it teenage boys? Yeah, it varied. We had um, groups of boys. I mean, I... It's funny because I joke with them. I wasn't like motherly by any means, but they were there. I mean, then a lot of times my kids will do stuff and I want to text them and be like, this is your fault. Like, <laughs> I, like Stone and Cannon saw y'all do this, you know, at my house. But uh, we loved, I mean, loved. But yeah, we had some great stories. I mean, they did everything from like planting trees to babysitting. I just the funniest I remember when I was pregnant we had two of them there and the one kid he was in high school and he's like well, I just took the birthing class at high school and so if, you know he's like Miss Furry if anything happens like I know what to do yeah. <laughs> I'm like uh, I'm sure you do that video sure. I'm praying right now that nothing happens while you're here <laughs> yeah but we have some great memories and I mean stories with those kids but yeah we fed them they stayed with us. Yeah. Okay. So listening to your husband talk, listening to you talk, Corin, it feels like you guys belong in college. Mentoring, mentoring kids. kids mm-hmm. Versus maybe the professional in the NFL rank. So how nice is it to be back in college and be able to mentor and have this impact on young men's lives? So can you tell us more about Limestone University and how you and your husband are involved there now? Yeah, we love it. I mean, love it. And, and even our kids, Obviously, when you say, okay, we're going to go on Soldier Field and you're going to see all these amazing, you know, athletes before the game, you know, kids are like, wow. But they just miss this involvement where, you know, I can pick them up from school and come here. You know, they're on the field. They're totally involved. They get to know the players. And so we've been doing a lot of really cool stuff. That's kind of my love language, too. So but in the NFL, you can impact. It's a little bit different. So if I invite someone to dinner, let's say we're going to go out to eat with the kids, we're going to go have pizza. So in college, they're eating in a cafeteria. And so when you say we're going to go have Papa John's, they're like, okay, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm coming. I'm showing up. 
<laughs> right. And so when you're at the next level and you say, okay, we're going to go to dinner. Where do you want to go? Oh, we can go to Fleming's at seven or Morton's at eight. It's like a whole different type of meal even, right? Because it's right. like, okay, now we have the funds to have this $400 steak dinner or whatever. And so you lose that, like, they don't have to be fed. And some of what we say when, when I'm saying feeding you, it could be that mentorship, right? In the same sense where I might use pizza to get you there to like, listen to us kind of thing, but then we're able to feed you in a whole nother way, like keep you salty kind of thing. And so that's much easier to achieve when they're hungry, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so we love that because you're able to to just pour into them, to feed them. You know, like we do a program called Fusion. I don't know if Mike talked about that, but where we are able to meet with them and fusing football and faith. We call it Fusion. You're fusing it together. And it's not mandatory, but it's another way that our kids and everybody can be involved. So we love it. So where will you be at? Then this year, will you be on the sidelines at Lions University? Will you be in a press box? Where are you going to be, Corin? I'll be on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. perfect. That yeah. is perfect. Are you so excited for the season? I'm so excited. Yeah. And Uncle Larry loves to say, the referees would always say, who is that woman with the camera? <laughs> and they're like, that's the head coach's wife. <laughs> So, yeah. So because of my passion and love, you know, I have to be careful sometimes with the referees because I <laughs> I have opinions down there with my camera. So I gotta... <laughs> like, there's no film that camera. There's no memory card that camera. She's just down there. It's a prop so she could yell at the referees. <laughs> I know. Sometimes people say, now, what lens is that? I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so that's funny. Yes. Well, listeners, for more information about Corin, you can go to her Instagram page at Corin Fury. Also, check out her husband's Instagram page at Coach Fury. And we will put those links in our show notes and on our website. Well, Corin, this is amazing. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Thank you for accepting our invite. And we kind of put you on the spot when we were talking to your husband. But thank you for saying yes to us. No, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review. Thank you for listening to Tells a Good Story.